Hey, Elisa. Hey, Courtney. Why do monsters get so excited for February 13th? I have no idea. Because it's Ghoulentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's spoop hour. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> a paranormal comedy podcast usually hosted by two Halloweenies, but currently hosted by one Halloweenie and one ghost. This is Courtney. I'm Elisa. (laughs) Hi, Elisa. You may remember Elisa from past collaborations, such as when we went on her podcast, Best Forevers and Fatalities, or when we had her on our podcast to talk about stuff. Yeah, but I've been on multiple times. Yeah. And you've been on multiple times on my podcast. It's almost like like we're friends. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> almost i mean uh, your your mom's check hasn't cleared <laughs> <laughs> look her money's not super liquid right now so she's gotta like melt down some gold and sell it and then we'll be golden literally <laughs> sorry i always had to do like a parent joke because for my entire life my dad always said when someone's like i'm gonna like i'd say i'm going to podcast with my friend courtney oh do you have friends <laughs> We used to joke with my brother that when he went when he was in high school, all but like two of his friends were named Patrick, which is just a sign of like <laughs> when he was born. It's just a lot of dudes were named Patrick. So he'd jokingly go, you know, I'm gonna go see my friend Patrick, and we'd be like, Oh, it's so sad. Like you're paying for your friends, but you can only pay like one over and over <laughs> again, and he's always named Patrick because you're not very creative. <laughs> No, it sounds like the George Glass Jan Brady yes. situation. It's that, but it's, it's with dudes named Patrick. Yes. <laughs> so my brother has like eight friends named Patrick, and they're all the same one. So you can find Spoop Hour on the internet at Spoop Hour on Twitter and Instagram. You are currently listening to a very special episode because we are in the middle of the Sasha Aedis. So. Sasha is taking her lovely mental health break, and we're going through a series of guest hosts, and it wouldn't be a ghost on Spoop Hour if we did not ask the esteemed Dr. Elisa Lucas back, so. I I appreciate that, but after this opening, I have a feeling I might not be asked back. <laughs> yes, this is going to be what makes me hate you. Podcast over. <laughs> when does Sasha come back? No, and good on Sasha for taking a mental health break. Mm -hmm. You know, I took extended pandemic breaks from my podcast because it's not just that we're going through this like pandemic in the sense that everything sucks and is harder and and impossible, but it's also like I had not only no motivation, but also I feel like I wasn't creative and I'm just starting to feel like I can be a little bit more creative, you know? I feel like we've, and I'm sure 
dear Spoopingtons who are listening to this, you're aware of this. We've taken more frequent breaks this pandemic than we usually do. Like we'd usually take like one or two weeks off a year. And now it's yeah. like every three, four weeks. It's like, we're just not going to do it. And like I took last week off because I'm having sinus issues. And you can hear yeah. it. They're getting better. But, you know, Good. it's, yeah. you know, it's hit or miss. It's sinuses. So, yeah, you know, take breaks this pandemic. That's what yeah. the real. Take care of yourself. The real Treat spooky yourself. thing is. We are bad at taking care of ourselves collectively. A hundred percent. So this is your favorite podcast for sure. Definitely telling you to take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, tied for first place, obviously, with best forevers and fatalities. So. I mean, even if it's not, just take care of yourself. Yeah, I don't care if you actually hate this podcast and you're listening to it because you lost a bet and you're really mad because you're like, why won't they talk about the fucking spooky things? Like, I was told there would be spooky. Like, God, I hate this podcast. You can still take care of yourself, even if you hate us. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, it's 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 just about being, being good to you, mm-hmm. you know, and... And really rejecting this, like, grind culture. And we always have to be busy. We always have to say yes to things. And you have and to monetize your hobbies and side hustle and, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'll sleep when I'm tired. So, I just got up from a nap, so I champion. clearly needed to sleep. I mean, last night I sat down. I got off work late, and I sat down to do my research. And my lovely partner, Jack, is like, you know, you don't immediately have to go into spoop work right after regular work. And I was like, you're right. And I just like slammed my laptop closed and took the night off. Pew, pew. So we're going to yeah, see how I was this like, goes. I'm going to grade these interviews because I have to. Like, like I'm behind on grading. Yeah. And so I will grade on Sunday just to catch up. But I have a hard line this semester not to do anything past five or on Good the weekend unless it's an emergency related to my athletics role. Yeah. Or it's like midterms or, yeah, grading is stacked up. circumstances, yeah. But last night I was like, you know what? Nah. <laughs> Look, it's okay to sometimes just be like, you know what? No, not today. <laughs> so everyone out there, take care of you and all your ghosts and yeah. your friends and you and, This is the yeah. self-care episode of Spoop Hour where you take care of yourselves, you take care of your friends, you take care of everybody you care about. Just, like, take it easy. That's right. We're recording on Galentine's Day. I'm wearing yoga pants and a hoodie, like... I wore these clothes yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Galentine's! (laughs) I brushed my teeth. That's all that matters. And I brushed my hair. Top notch. Two things of taking care of myself. Done. I took a shower today. I am washing the bed linens because I have to do it every, like, week or two because I'm super allergic to dust mites. So that's a thing that I accomplished today. And we're doing breakfast for dinner, which I know none of you probably (gasps) care about, but I care about deeply. And we're making... I love Brinner! Brinner is the best. (laughs) It's the Spoop Hour Galentine special, in case you can't tell. (laughs) I know the past We'll get there, friends. It's fine. (laughs) The past few years, we've done Valentine specials that are very emphatic on romantic relationships. And when I realized... (laughs) There's nothing wrong with having romantic relationships. No, there's not. But, like, (laughs) I realized when our esteemed ghost was going to be Dr. Elisa Lucas, I had to spurn tradition of doing romantic relationships for Valentine's Day for the Spoop Hour episode and instead focus on friendships. It's our Galentine's special. We're going to be taking a look at spooky friendship shit. It's going to be great. And if you don't like that it's called Galentine's, feel free to call it Palentine's. I like Gals and Pals. Palentine's is adorable, actually. Thank you. Welcome to the Spoop Hour Palentine special. (laughs) (laughs) 
So before we dive into our topics today, did anything spooky happen to you this week? Oh my God, trying to think of things that even happened to me this week (laughs) is just like... Remembering this past week in this economy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think if there was anything spooky or just like, I mean, other than the fact that... I can... Okay, yeah, here's here's one. Let's do it. But it's not like a ghost. Here's what's spooky. Missing a meeting that I set up. Oh, no! <laughs> Awkward! It, you ghosted your own meeting. I ghosted my own meeting! <laughs> That's amazing. No, I don't... I mean, I spend... 99.9% of my time in my house because I've been home since March. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I do is walk Finn. Right. Oh, here's something else. He was barking at the garbage the other day. He thought it was something. And, and it was at like 11 o'clock at night. And I was like, holy shit, there's someone. <laughs> I'm about to get murdered. And he was just like, damn you, trash bag. <laughs> <laughs> Not today, senior trash. Not today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what about you? Did you have anything spooky or creepier? I did. So. Oh, God. I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but Zelda, when she is upset, Zelda, the lovely podcat, who in general is the light of my life, when she's upset, she barfs. <laughs> so I'm like trained to respond to the cat barfing noise. And if you've ever been around oh, yeah. a cat when it's barfing or if you've had cats, you know this sound. It is a very distinctive oh, yeah. sound. There is nothing mm-hmm. that sounds quite like a cat barfing. Yeah. So the other day I was in here, and so I was in here working, he was in his office working, and all of a sudden I hear the cat barfing sound, and I'm like, shit, the cat's barfing. So I like, you know, undo my headphones, and I like go trying to figure out where the cat is. And along the way I see Benedict, who is of course not barfing because he's a good boy, and if he's going to misbehave, <laughs> he's going to pee on something. But luckily he doesn't do that very often, thank God. But And so then I'm like, great, where's my cat? So I like... Look around, look around, look around. And then I see she's in her standard, like, lump form underneath the master bedroom comforter. So I throw the comforter back, and I'm like, God damn it, she threw up on these sheets. I'm going to have to, like, deal with cat barf sheets and wash them Uh. now. Except when I threw back the comforter, she was asleep. And, like, as I threw the comforter back, she, like, lifted her head like, Mom, She's like, bitch, I'm trying to sleep. Yeah, she's like, do you know what time is it? it is? It's, like, 11 in the morning. God, it's so early. (laughs) And I was like, huh. And so I think there is a ghost cat haunting this house. Oh, and it Jesus. I wasn't even on board up. with ghost people. Now I have to be on board with ghost animals. Because there, again, if you've heard a cat burfing, there is no sound that sounds oh. like it. Have you met Rooney? She's a 20-pound long-haired cat that coughs up fur balls. Oh, yep. Yeah. And, like, the last time she did it, though, it did alarm me because before she did it, she went... Oh. Zelda's and done that like, a couple what? times and it is a horrifying sound that's like a demon is coming out but yeah. this was I swear to god I heard a cat barfing sound and it wasn't anything I was listening to because I like you know rewound 30 seconds yeah. and was yeah. like was there like a sound effect that sounded like it and there wasn't <laughs> so I don't know mm. it, the only explanation is ghost cat barfing yeah. on the spiritual plane and I'm gonna I'm going to say uh, no thanks on the ghost cat because I love my cats, but they're little assholes and they're like alive. Imagine little ghost cats going around just knocking shit off counters. Here's why I like ghost cat. One, 
I think it sounds like it would be a cute thing to see, just like a ghost cat. And two, I like the little kitty. Yeah, no, he's like, oh, he's floating. He's like a little kitty in his shit. That's so cute. But two, <laughs> when the ghost cat throws up, I don't have to clean it up because there is <laughs> no cat barf anywhere. So okay, that's fair. I am pro that's fair. cat ghost. I just don't want it to be like a pet cemetery cat. <laughs> <laughs> no. It won't be because one, I have neither read that book nor seen that movie, and two, it's clearly a nice cat because it it you know it just barfed. It didn't like attack us or like fuck with yeah. our existing cats. So yeah. yeah, that was the spooky thing that happened to me this week. What, what was up with our animals this week, or well, like just animals in general? Like he wanted to fight the garbage, and I wonder uh, if because it was Lunar New Year. Maybe the veil between worlds was thin or something, and so the animals were picking up on some shit. I don't know. If you're a lunar new Did, like, the flare from Stranger Things come to the other side? Because I do not want that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, since this is the Spoop Hour Palantine special, we could not celebrate Galantine's Palantines without a game. So this game is called Galantine Gaming Time. Pew, 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 pew. So (laughs) this is going to test how well you can suss out who historically were friends and, alas, who were not. So, like, people who either never met or had no documented relationship. They just seem to me like they should be friends. Interesting. Okay. So for each pairing, you're going to say BFFs, meaning they were friends in real life, or IDK them, meaning they did not have any interaction, no documented (laughs) friendship. All right? We cool on the rule of... Let's play yes. Galentine Gaming Time. Also, this game comes courtesy of MentalFlossHistory.com, Ranker.com, Mom.com, and Wikipedia. Give them some money. It's like <laughs> my most game showy voice ever. Yeah, love it. All right, to kick things off, funny ladies Betty White and Lucille Ball, BFFs or IDK them? BFFs. BFFs. Yes. Betty and Lucille met in 1956 while Betty was filming at Lucille's Desilu Studios, and they remained very close until Lucille's death in 1989. Their friendship was so close, in fact, that their mothers became friends. And that is like, that is an intense tier friendship where, like, your your mom gets used to seeing their mom all the time. So it's like, I mean, we may as well be friends. Especially for not, like, small children. Right. Because I can see, like, moms becoming friends over playdates. But, yeah. like, these are adult these are grown ladies. Women, where it's like, why don't you get brunch with me and my mom and you can bring your mom? That's amazing. I love that. So, the <laughs> friendship goal to which we should all aspire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Next one. McDonald's magnate Ray Kroc and President Ronald Reagan. BFFs or IDK them? Feel like that's totally random, but also like, yeah, BFFs. IDK them. Damn, it does was... seem like the two wealthy white men would be friends. Yes, that's what I was thinking. They seemingly, I could not find any record of them knowing each other. So, like, if they knew each other, it was casually, and like, no one documented their friendship. Yeah, it was a secret <laughs> friendship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, musician Ella Fitzgerald and actress Marilyn Monroe. BFFs? BFFs. Yep. This is one of my favorite historical celebrity friendships because Marilyn Monroe used her gorgeous white lady privilege for good 
And that was how she helped Ella Fitzgerald book gigs. So part of what launched Ella's career is she had a defining performance at the Mocambo nightclub in Hollywood. And she only Mm -hmm. booked it because Marilyn Monroe told the owner of the club, I will show up and I will sit in the front row, but only if you book my friend. And, you know, she did a ton of press came because Marilyn Monroe was going to be there. And then everybody was like on board with Ella Fitzgerald and her career took off from there. And I put in my notes that is how you be a good ally. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And um, I have a friend, Crystal, who has been on Best Forevers a couple times, and we've done historical friendship episodes. The first one we did was Marie Antoinette and her rider dies. (laughs) Yeah, her her whole posse. Yeah, and then uh, the second one was Ella Fitzgerald and Marilyn Monroe. So if you want to know more about their friendship, you can check out that episode of Best Forever. It's so good. I mean, on the one hand, it is rooted in despair because, like, how the fuck do you hear Ella Fitzgerald perform and you're not like, I got to book her. She's incredible. Let me throw all of my money at her. And the answer well, is also racism. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, but it's also like she's also a larger woman. So mm-hmm. it's like there's also some of uh, you know, there's that a lot going of, on too. Yeah. There's a lot of layers, but racism is going to be. Yeah, there's you know, a lot of tears of discrimination of that. against Ella Fitzgerald. And so Marilyn Monroe, who was actually her friend, was like, I got you, girl. And like, I love it. Just. Yeah. I and, and it wasn't like they were really close for until like Marilyn Monroe died or anything, but the, the relationship they did have was very like women supporting women, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah. Love it. All right. You ready for the next one? Yes, I feel like I have a a, a role coming. Yeah, like. I think I think you're getting this in the groove of it. You're ready to just knock out this game in time. Yes, KFC's Colonel Sanders and FBI's J Edgar Hoover, BFFs or IDK them. I should probably know this from the dollop. <laughs> <laughs> the dollop did an episode on the Colonel. They did. Let's see. IDK them. BFFs. God damn it. So, okay, there goes my role. I jinxed myself. One, when I saw this, I was like, I don't think they covered this on the dollop episode about Colonel Sanders. But they should have because their friendship was actually pretty one-sided because Sanders really wanted to be friends with J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> and J. Edgar Hoover was kind of like, yeah, okay. So I'm the cool kid. Every <laughs> year, cool kid. Colonel Sanders would invite J. Edgar Hoover, I shit you not, to his birthday party. And because J. Edgar Hoover was J. Edgar Hoover, he had an FBI file on Colonel Sanders. And there is an official FBI record of every single birthday party invitation. (laughs) That is outstanding. And you might have to come on the podcast to talk about that friendship. I would love to. Or lack thereof. I would love to talk about some of these pairs. Because some of these pairs, I was like, this is amazing. I want to read all about this. Everybody shut up and let me tell. Like, I'm going to be bringing that up for weeks. (laughs) <laughs> that Colonel Sanders wanted to be J. Edgar Hoover's friend, and J. Edgar Hoover was like, I guess. And, just, and now I want some mashed potatoes, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Speaking of mashed potatoes, this has nothing to do with mashed potatoes. Magician Harry Houdini and actor-slash-heartthrob Rudolph Valentino. BFFs or IDK them? I'm trying to think of also, like, the answers I've given. Mm-hmm. IDK them. Correct. The yes. two rose okay. to popularity around the same time, but there is no record of them knowing each other. But the only connection you will find between them is they're both ghosts, allegedly, and they both allegedly haunt the same cemetery. So they could be afterlife friends. <laughs> Maybe that's who we should have done this episode about. I mean, I also, 
You know, one of the things that I know about Valentino, and I'm not going to say this is 100% accurate, friends. I'm basing it off recollection (laughs) and nothing that I've read in the last 20 years. But but I, I do find, like, celebrity fandom interesting in the sense of like how far people will go yeah. to follow fandoms we've and all heard like the lady that. gaga song paparazzi yeah yeah <laughs> and and i just know that there were he had that oh that's right oh, he, no, had, he, he had a died. ruptured ulcer that's right which actually is somewhat similar to what killed houdini <laughs> that's weird that is spooky nonetheless i know i knew he was in the hospital uh, for something and like the women and everything outside were like screaming and like a Beatles level for a young actor. He died at 31. Yeah. And so he died of the ruptured ulcer. Houdini died from a ruptured appendix. <gasps> oh my God. Me See, and Houdini were almost twinsies because mine it. ruptured. Can I tell you my thought process on why I paired those two? It's because in order to find the pairings, I was looking at, like, who was alive at the same time. So I pulled yes. up, and, like, Houdini came up because Houdini knew Buster Keaton and gave him the nickname Buster as a child. Yes. And he was also friends with somebody else. I don't remember off the top of my head. So that's how I ended <laughs> up with Houdini. And then I was like, oh, Rudolph Valentino, because they were both alive and, like, doing shit during yeah. the 20s. So, like, that's yeah. perfect. But now it kind of seems like they should be ghost friends. So Yes, definitely. Stay tuned and... for my friend fic about them. <laughs> Yeah, like seriously, this is like a bonus episode about that cemetery and how they died and stuff. Houdini Valentino friend fic, coming your way in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right, you ready for the next one? I am. Poet T.S. Eliot and comedian Groucho Marx. BFFs or IDK them? That seems like they wouldn't be, but then because they wouldn't be, they would totally be. IDK them. BFFs. Oh, wait, that's what I meant to say. Uh, oh, my God. That's okay. That's why I said they don't seem like they would be, they, but they, they would be. They and are. then I said yep. the wrong one. So they had yeah. kind of, a, a, I think, as far as I can tell, it was like a friendly adversarial thing going. So maybe they were kind of frenemies, but mostly friends. So yes. they struck up a friendship because T.S. Eliot wrote to Groucho Marx to ask for an autographed photo. And Marx obliged and then was like, hey, since I did this for you, will you sign a a photo for me? So then they became pen pals. And then they transitioned to real life friends when Marx joined, Marx and his wife joined Elliot and his wife for dinner at the Elliot house in 1964. The men bonded over the three things Marx said they had in common. Quote, one, an affection for good cigars. And two, cats. And three, a weakness for making puns. And this tells me I could have been friends with Groucho Marx and T.S. Eliot, except for the cigar thing, because I have bad lungs. Well, but also, like, I like when people are not afraid to to love cats. Yeah. Be honest about it. Except when they're ghost cats, of course. (laughs) That Wall Street Journal article that just came out and was like, you're never going to find a partner if you have a cat. Screw that article. Cat people are amazing. Show us your cats. Also, Here's the thing, I'd rather be with my cats. <laughs> true, true. The contentiousness of the relationship comes from Elliot allegedly promised to hang Marx's signed photo up alongside those of his more esteemed friends, like Yeats and other poets. Yeah. And he maybe didn't do it. And then at one point he referred to Groucho Marx as Groucho, and Marx was like, dude, that's a character no. I'm playing, that's not my name. So they yeah. had kind of like a like a friendly, contentious thing going. But I think they were mostly friends. 
Well, the way you have to think about it is that who can hurt us the most are friends. That's true. I mean, I would be hurt. Like, people who know us the best, not just friends, like romantic partners, family, etc. If I I were to sign a headshot for you, it would hurt my feelings if you didn't hang it with your other signed headshots. You know, so. (laughs) I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) You know, because I definitely have headshots that I sign and send to people. All right, you ready for the next one? I am. Musician slash activist Nina Simone and actress slash activist Jean Seberg. BFFs or IDK them? I don't know who the second person is. I she did don't French think. New Wave films like Breathless. Okay. BFFs? IDK them. They ah! were both active in the American Civil Rights Movement, and actually, Seberg yeah. had her life ruined by the FBI, possibly J. Edgar Hoover, but they did Ugh. not seemingly cross paths. But they were both okay, really good. involved in the Civil Rights Movement. So maybe they yeah. knew each other. I think, like, it might be one of those things, like, hearing it doesn't sound familiar, but seeing your name, I'm probably like, oh, yeah, I yeah. know who that is. <laughs> you might recognize her if you saw her. Yes. All right. Golden Girl B. Arthur and actress Mary Tyler Moore, BFFs or IDK them? BFFs. IDK them. Damn it. They may have met each other a couple times through award circuits because <laughs> they had like, you know, they were both actresses and they both did comedies. But yeah. they probably did not know each other beyond that because there for sure would have been a record of it. And there isn't. Fun fact, B. Arthur received the third most nominations for the Emmy for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series, trailing Mary Tyler Moore, who has second hey. most, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who has the most. Oh, Wow. See, I think I went with that the Betty White one was BFF, so yeah. I'm failing this friend test. It's okay. <laughs> We're all learning and growing together. I wasn't alive during any of this. No, just kidding. I was. I am eternal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a ghost. I'm actually a ghost. That's why I know about the cat ghost is because I can see it because I am also a ghost. Existentialist <laughs> playwright Samuel Beckett and pro wrestler Andre the Giant. BFFs or IDK yes. them? BFFs. Yes, BFFs. So Beckett moved to France in 1953, and he befriended a man by the name of Boris Rusimov, who helped build his house because they lived on kind of a commune thing. Mm-hmm. The two played cards together, and at one point, Rusimov confided in Beckett that he had difficulty getting his son, Andre, to school because at 12, Andre was six feet tall and weighed 250 pounds. So he didn't fit uh- in, like, compact cars. Beckett had a truck that could fit Andre, and the two became friends from there because Beckett would drive him to school. (laughs) Kindness. It's free. Yay. Be friends. Be friends. All right. Rock legend Jimi Hendrix and the king Elvis Presley. BFFs or IDK them? IDK them. IDK them is correct. Yes. Hendrix cited Elvis as a musical influence on him as a kid, even playing along to Hound Dog on an old ukulele to learn the instrument, but that's where the connection ends. That's a fun fact, though. I like that. Right? (laughs) Child star Shirley Temple and actress Ingrid Bergman. BFFs or IDK them? Okay. This one's tough because I don't... I'm assuming that Shirley Temple is different in age than Ingrid Bergman. That I don't know. They're pretty but similar also, in age. Are they? Okay. Well, the other thing I was thinking as I talk through my logic <laughs> with the audience <laughs> <laughs> listening at home is that being a child actress has to be the lo- very lonely. So you're friends with other actresses and actors or people who are older. 
I'm going to go with this, but I don't know. So I'm going to say BFFs. IDK them. Damn! So by the, I was hoping. Right? By the time Shirley Temple retired from film in 1950, because she went on to do a bunch of, like, activism and she was an mm-hmm. environmental advocate, whatever, she had not worked with Ingrid Bergman, nor did they seemingly ever know each other. I did find oh. they were in a couple of the same magazines at the same time, but yeah. it would be, like, your Tiger Beats, where it's, like, yeah. they didn't actually, like, <laughs> gather everybody in a room at the same time. It was just this... Feature will have Shirley Temple and also Ingrid Bergman. <laughs> All right, last one. Are you ready? Yes. First Lady Mary Todd Lincoln and former slave Elizabeth Keckley. BFFs or IDK them? I want to IDK them because I just feel like yuck. But then it wasn't I'm her like... slave, if it helps. Elizabeth Keckley was not Mary Todd Lincoln's okay. slave. Okay, well, but still, I'm going to say BFFs, and I'm not happy about it. So it is BFFs. <laughs> Here's why you can be happy about it. Elizabeth okay, Keckley good. Tell me. bought her freedom in 1855, which is already incredibly badass, when the deck is stacked against you to be able to fight yeah. your way out of okay. that system is incredible. She then okay. owned and operated a thriving clothing business. So she built it from the ground up and it was hugely successful. So in 1861, she was appointed Mary Todd Lincoln's personal dressmaker, which is nice. a huge get for Deal. a former slave in the yeah. 18 fucking 60s when it was like yeah. peak racism in time in America. I'm aware we're, yeah. we're not, not racist yet. That's but like, why I, that's where my assumptions come from. I was like, this oh, was probably her slave. It comes from now, maybe. Yeah. So then, then. <laughs> but so they were actually very close and they bonded because they both lost their sons within the span of a year. So mm-hmm. Elizabeth Keckley's son died during the Civil War and Mary Todd's son famously was very ill and died of yeah. his illness when he was young. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, Elizabeth wrote a revealing book about her time in the White House, which revealed some of, like, Mary Todd Lincoln's confidences, and Mary Todd severed all ties and stopped being her friend. But, like, I get it. Like, Elizabeth Keckley, get yours. You've had a hard life. Like, make bank on your tell-all about the White House. But, like, I also get being upset that you confided in your friend and your friend then sold you out. Yeah, that's, I mean, I would talk about, say on my podcast, just like generally, like you want to keep confidences and things like that, but I'm going to give her a major pass. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody who used to be owned through the process of fucking yeah, slavery, I'm, which I'm was okay garbage, with it. you can do basically whatever you want. Tell anyone, tell anyone anything. I'm good with it. Yeah. You're doing your best. Like, I'm so yeah. sorry that white supremacy brutalized you in such a way. You get yours. Yeah. Yes, And that was the game, Galentine Game and Time. Yay! Yay! So (laughs) since we're doing our Palentine special, we are going to be talking about spooky friend stuff from the ghosts of friends to some wicked tips for making friends. Mm -hmm. First, you want to get on our soapbox? Because we both kind of ranted about this at each other early on. Yes, I have a bone to pick with Courtney. Some skeletons. Yes, I have a skeleton to pick with you. Sounds spooky. (laughs) Tell me more. She was like, hey, let's do Galentine's Day ghosts, like ghost stories where people like hunt together, ghosts that are friends and this and the other thing. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. And then I Google it and you know what comes up? (laughs) Ghosting your actual alive friends. And so this was hard. Yes. And so I'm snagging other people's stories from the interwebs that could be totally made up, but I'll give them an A-plus for effort and creative writing. Counts. But... But uh, yeah, I was like, so most of the stuff that comes up comes up with the the phrase ghosting mm-hmm. because that is something that happens uh, and nowadays, 
And it is something that often happens in friendship. I think we talk about it a lot more with romantic. But what happens when you're friends with someone and then they just stop talking to you, mm-hmm. etc. And so I told Courtney that my search must mean that we should be more concerned about our alive hauntings of friendship than those of ghosts and ghost cats. That's true. <laughs> now here's part two of the rant. Here's where my bone to pick. This is like the third time in the past two months that I've proposed a topic that seems like there would be a lot of information about and then there's like none. So yeah, m- my bad. <laughs> but also, I was expecting more stories of like, you know, my best friend died when we were young, but then she came back and was like, I'm yeah. okay. And then we hung out in the afterlife and it was sweet. Like I was expecting more <laughs> of that. And so here's, I think why that didn't happen. Because when I Googled the phrase girlfriend ghost, I got a lot of people who were haunted by past romantic partners who died, yeah. things like that, which is yeah. great. But like in kind of the same <laughs> way that, you know, Valentine's Day, we've commodified romantic love as being the only kind worth pursuing and romantic relationships yeah. as being the only thing that's important. You got to get a ring on that finger. And then who cares if you have yeah. friends? I think some of that goes hand in hand with ghost stories. We tell ghost stories about past loves who have passed away or, yeah. you know, spouses who predecease their love yeah. and who come back in tragic deaths and whatever. But we don't so much yeah. have like the BFF who comes back and is like, I missed you, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have ghost game night with you sometimes. <laughs> so if- here's what I here's what I was thinking would come up in a story. Friends who like died at the same time mm-hmm. and we're like, ooh, we're ghosting everybody. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what I thought was a slam dunk is I searched Golden Girls ghost because I thought for sure the three deceased Golden Girls would be haunting the shit out of Betty White because they were really good friends. Right? Idea. I was like, this would be amazing. There, there's, there's probably been ghost sightings of like Rue McClanahan hanging out with B. Arthur and whatever. And there were none because well. I think even in our death, we don't prioritize friendships. So this yeah. is Spoop Hour telling you to haunt your friends. So can we get folks out there who find these tales, like do, you know, boots on the ground? Yeah. Or doing, looking through people's diaries or however people determine these ghost stories, etc. Can we get y'all to focus on friends just a little bit? That's true. Enough for us to have several stories to choose from. Where we could have a part two. Yes. You know what I mean? If you have an experience of a friend of a ghost or a ghost of a friend coming back and haunting you Mm -hmm. to be like, hey, I'm okay, heaven's rad, like, let's hang out. Email yeah. spoophour at gmail.com and tell us the, the ghost that you were friends with. Or if you have a ghost that was haunting your house, but, like, you became friends with it because it was there all the time and you were there all the time. So, like, let's just be friends. Like, I wanted more yes. of that, and that's not that's not something that I found. I wanted friends to haunt together. That would have been nice, <laughs> right? Like, that would have been so good. <laughs> Alas, it was not so uh, good. So. Yeah. So this story comes from trueghosttales.com. I don't know if they have a legal claim that this is the truth, but I liked the story, so let's go with it. So this story is called My Best Friend's Ghost Came Back to Let Me Know She Is Okay. This is Heather writing about her friend Bridget. Heather and her best friend Bridget had been friends since kindergarten and were the second generation of their friendship because their mothers were also best friends. I love that shit. It's so good. Like, I love that. Give me more friends from the womb. Let's do this. (laughs) In 2002, Bridget was planning a party for which her mother tried to rent a cabin. Unfortunately, everything was booked up, so Bridget would need to reschedule the party. Her mom was very apologetic, but she's like, we'll just pick a different weekend, you know, no biggie. But Bridget didn't want to wait. 
Instead, she contacted her sister, Tina, with whom she didn't really have a close relationship, to help her mm-hmm. get a hotel for the party because Bridget was a teenager at this point, so she couldn't rent a hotel room under her own name. Yes. Tina agreed and told Bridget to come to her house so they could rent the room. They would just go to a hotel room, rent the room. Mm-hmm. Bridget and a friend got on the road at noon to make the hour drive. Her mother got home from work at five and was dismayed to see that Bridget was not home yet. Mm. She gave her a call, but there was no answer. Then at six, she got the worst news. The police called Bridget's mother to inform her that Bridget had been in a car accident and had died on the scene. Tina, her sister, lived on a road that locals called Roller Coaster Road due to the steep hills and hairpin turns. When Bridget got to Tina's house, Tina got in the car to drive her and the friend to make a reservation when she lost control of the car on Roller Coaster Road and hit a tree. Bridget and her friend Dustin died on impact while Tina was pinned by the car. Unfortunately, once she was unpinned, Tina died too. Oh, no. Heather was obviously devastated, like it's really sad to lose your best friend. She cried herself to sleep every night after the accident. But one night, a few days after Bridget's death, Heather mm-hmm. was lying in bed on the cusp of sleep, which is like, like she was in that where you're you're not really awake, but you're not really asleep yet. So you're kind of like yeah. not fully with it, like you're not... You know, you can kind of tell what's going on, but you're not, like... You're not. You're not completely with it, though. (laughs) Yes. So she was there. And she could kind of hear something. Like, it sounded like voices, and she was like, I don't... Because she was kind of asleep, whatever. And then she felt something touch her face, and she jolted awake. (laughs) She saw a bright light, then suddenly felt very calm. And, suddenly, Mm -hmm. Bridget popped into her mind. And she realized this was her friend trying to tell her she was okay and kissing her forehead to say goodbye. Aww. So that was what I wanted from friend ghosts. Yeah. Like, that's nice. I, Just What what year was this? Does it, does it say? 2002. Wow. Okay, so I don't mean to be like a Debbie Downer here, but um, I lost oh, one of my best friends in a car accident, oh, no. and this is the one time I wish ghosts would visit me. Yeah. I wish Allison would visit me, and, and yeah. Yeah. That would be amazing. It would be. Like, this is what I like. Like, you know. Yeah. I like when people come back to be like, look, this sucks, but I'm okay. That's nice. Mm. So, anyway. Shout out to Bridget. Yes. Good job, Bridget. A plus plus friend Bridget being the best kind of friend even in the afterlife. True. Okay. Do you want to hear about Sam? Yes. I want to hear about Sam. Tell me everything. Okay, so it's from yourghoststories.com, and it's entitled My Best Friend, and the entry is by Mike P.K., and it's from 2010, and he is, indicates that he is from California. So, okay, so here we go. says, so I like these stories because it's from their point of view, so I love that, right? So yeah. it's like, I'm typing this so my so my best friend who is sitting right next to me will know what I think of her before or not. I move. I'm not entirely sure if I will move, but I'm hoping that I will stay with her for as long as I live. My name is Michael, and I'm 16 years old. Everything began when I first moved into this house four years ago. The first couple months, nothing at all happened. I was always fascinated with ghosts, and I would watch these scary shows like Celebrity Paranormal when I was 12. (laughs) It would really scare me, but wouldn't leave me scared when I would try to sleep. One morning on a school day, I woke up to my mom trying to open my locked door. It was strange. I never left my door locked the night before. My alarm clock was turned off as well. (laughs) 
<laughs> I try to recall. Do you know when you do that? You're like, did I do this? Yeah. You're, you're trying to recall turning my alarm clock off the night before, but nothing could explain how the door was locked and the alarm clock was turned off. I doubt anyone would walk into my room, turn the alarm clock off, and then lock the door and close it behind them. What would they gain from that? Yeah. Unless you have siblings. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> True. Then they're like, you just got pranked. <laughs> you way overslept, clown. <laughs> siblings. So he says, I ignored what happened that morning, but two days later, something happened. It was six in the morning when I walked into the bathroom to brush my teeth. My sister, sibling, was in her room, and my oh, parents were sleeping. sister did it. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, I say that, but then I'm like, oh, shit, he does have a, he does have a sibling. <laughs> my sister was in her room, and my parents were sleeping in their room. I was looking down at the sink, and when I looked up, I saw something through the reflection of the mirror, and that's when I want to tap out. No. I never want to see anything in a mirror. Okay. Yeah, that's upset. Yeah, I don't even want to see my face in a mirror. Just I was going to say that during mirrors. this pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of looking like, at myself. Come on. <laughs> so what he saw in the mirror was, he says, a young woman rocked across the hall. She was pale, but seemed to glow lightly in the dark as she walked. She is wearing... Okay, this is where I have one concern. Uh-oh. She was wearing one of those old sleeping dresses. Like, I imagine the white Victorian, yeah, you know, like classic. Yeah, like the little nightcap. Yeah, the little classic, like, Victorian ghost situation. Her hair extended down her back. She looked to be around the age of 13 or 14. The thing that frightened me the most is that her eyes met mine through the reflection of the mirror. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't care for that. <laughs> nope, don't like that at all. So I immediately turned around, walked down the hall, and looked around the corner of the corridor. No one. I searched the living room, the front door, my room. Who the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't my sister because her room is right next to the bathroom. And if it were my mom, one, I would have heard her room door open. Two, her hair stops at her shoulders. And three, she is rather larger than the person who I saw. Which seems fair if you're talking about someone you think is like 13, 13. 14. Yeah, 13 year olds yeah. are pretty small. I was about to be like, yo, don't be... Yeah, let's not, throwing, let's not shame our moms. Throw shade at your mom. <laughs> but like, yeah, a 13 year old generally, depending on when they hit puberty, yes. is probably pretty small. Unless they're Andre the Giant, who was already six feet tall. <laughs> oh gosh, that had to be so hard. Can't even imagine. Ugh. Since that day, I would sweat in my bed at night, trying to sleep and daring not to move. The instant would keep replaying in my head. That's the things that scare me. I don't want to relive this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, making me more stiff, like when a deer sees the headlights yeah. of a car. There were times I would be sitting down watching television, and the small Mary statue on top of the TV would shift where it would be facing when I'm not looking. I would try to keep fixing it and it would keep on facing a new direction when I wasn't paying attention. Like, first off, I don't, like, Mary statues are fine. I don't think they need to be on top of the TV. Well, let's leave, let's, one, you know, maybe don't put your Virgin Mary there. And two, let's maybe leave the Virgin Mary statue alone. <laughs> yeah, like, let's, let's, leave let's stop. <laughs> let's stop. Eventually, long nights became weeks, and weeks became months. I aged to 13 and slowly forgotten the experience until April of 2007. It was April 1st, 2007. I became fascinated with ghosts again Yay. after purchasing a book with true ghost stories. It even tells you how to open your third eye, so I tried that. It was funny because I barely met this guy around my age who is obsessed with my PS3. I walked up to him, and I was like, 
dude, tonight we're going to see ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> That's me like, as a friend. Are you trying to make friends? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy looked at me weird and replied, yeah, good luck with that. So that- I tried going through the process of opening the third eye. I tried and tried and tried, but I never really got any results. I gave up on that, but I was still fascinated with ghosts. I don't think I remembered about the bathroom incident at that time. However, two days later, I was sitting on my bed, ready for school and listening to music. I began to daydream and lowered my eyes down to the floor. When opening your third eye, it involves blurring your vision. While I was daydreaming, my visions were blurred and I saw something next to me. Nope. I don't. I saw a darkened figure sitting next to me. Nope. (laughs) I looked up, surprise, but not alarm. My visions were no longer blurred, but when I glanced at the figure next to me, I saw clearly who it was. It was that girl (gasps) from last time. Pale skin, long hair, and don't forget the sleeping dress. Sure. (laughs) How could I forget? Yeah, that was my emphasis added on to that for funsies. Okay. (laughs) Compared to last time, this experience was rather pleasant to alarming. She was actually kind of cute, like, hey, girl, hey. That's me again. Yeah, that's me adding in. Okay. The cutest girl I'd ever seen. I mean, you're a teenager, hormones running wild. Every girl ghost you see is going to be a cute ghost. (laughs) Like, you're just like, hey, girl. You know, I was like, wait, are you just fantasizing? Because that might be different. She wasn't there when I looked back. At that time, I knew that the girl was the very same girl I saw the last time. I started talking to the ghost, but I could never hear her talk. I couldn't really see the girl as well, but I would see dark shadows from the corner of my eye. When I'm at school, I would be anxious to get home to spend time with the girl. I would feel as if someone special is waiting for me at home. I never really figured out what her name really was, so I decided to call her Sam. She agreed, I think. Seemingly, she hasn't thrown anything at me yet. <laughs> Even though Sam proved to be harmless, it was kind of hard adjusting at first to idea that there was a ghost watching my every move. The first couple nights were kind of awkward. One night, the window blinds moved by itself, and then I heard my broken CD player working. It's freaking weird because the damn thing is broken, and I could hear the CD spinning. I even tried using it after I broke it one time, but it was dead. Sam tried to listen to music. She's like, what's yeah, this she was thing like, do? And then she's like, she was like, oh shit, now that's what I call music volume seven? I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so it says, a lot of times I would sit down late at night and talk to Sam. I could tell when she is sitting next to me, when she gives off this cold sensation, kind of like when someone breathes on you, except she's like a huge mass of cool air or something. But it's not cold to the point where you can see your breath whenever you breathe. The cold sensation is barely noticeable. Occasionally it would get really cold around her, whom I never mind, but I'll explain why later. Every time I leave the house, I would say goodbye to Sam. Every time I came home, I would greet her and ask her how her day was. Kind of like what I do with my pets. Yeah. Like I mentioned, I can never hear her speak. There was always this pleasant feeling when I was around her. It's like something just clicked on perfectly and able to express myself in front of her like nobody else. Then I realized something. I think I'm, oh, I think I might have a crush on her. Oh, I remember honey. trying to admit to her, but it took me weeks. When I finally did admit to her, I felt a couple of soft winds to my face. Don't know what that meant, but I'm sure she felt the same way. There were nights where she would lay next to me as I slept, and when I woke up, she would often still be there. That's very scandalous for a 13-year-old in a Victorian nightgown. I know! (laughs) (laughs) 
I remember one time my mom did something outrageous and argued with me. I went to my room angry while my mom went off to the basement. After a couple minutes, I heard screaming from the basement. I went to the basement seeing my mom screaming at nothing. I later found out that she was screaming because the lights were turning on and off by itself. Sam was trying to scare my mom. It's really cool how she has my back and everything, but I told her not to do that again. (laughs) Understandable. Yeah. It was April 3rd of 2008. I remember doing something with Sam, I think, watching a movie or something. I do remember celebrating the one-year anniversary with her, though. I remember on April 3rd, 2009, I was playing the piano at, like, 1 in the morning. Sure. I completely forgot that it was our anniversary, and I heard a whisper from the corner of the room. At the time, I thought it was nothing, and then later the day I realized that Sam was trying to remind me that it was our two-year anniversary. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) My parents and their friend were working in the backyard one afternoon, cutting down trees, gardening, and such. My parents' friend would sleep on the couch outside my room and spend nights at our house until they fixed up the backyard. One day, they were trying to cut this piece of tree hanging over the fence on our side, coming from the neighbor's side of the fence. My dad's friend tried to cut it down, but a piece of vine fell from the, uh, a different tree and fell on his leg, cutting it. Yeah. It wasn't severe, but it freaked them out. My dad tried cutting off the piece of tree that... His friend failed to do, but something else happened. The firehouse burst and water splattered everywhere. Everyone was spooked. My mom blamed it on the monster. <laughs> I I remember telling my mom about Sam the first time I saw her in 2006. She didn't believe me, but I wrote it in my journal at my school. My teacher read it and told my parents. They suddenly believe it. So my mom <laughs> blamed it on Sam. <laughs> oh. That night when my dad's friend was trying to sleep on the couch, I heard him talking about something quietly from my room. Nope, don't like that. Mm-hmm. I brushed it off thinking that he was on a, talking on the phone or something. In the morning, my dad's friend told my mom what happened last night. Then my mom told her friend what happened, and then she told her son what happened, and then her son, which is my friend, told me what my mom said. Apparently, the night before, a girl appeared to, be, uh, to my dad's friend and told him not to cut the tree down or something like that. I went to the backyard to find out what tree it could have been, but I never figured out which one. I think they cut it off already. Oh, my God. Dang. She tried. Yeah. Anyway, my friend told me that my mom told his mom. It's a very, like, telephone gossip rumor (laughs) situation. It's being a teenager. My mom said to tell your mom that she has to bring snacks to next week's soccer game. That we have to. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, my, mom, my friend told me that my mom told his mom that she saw a ghost in her house. My friend said that my mom saw an old man and he was glaring at her from the top of the basement stairs and then disappeared. She completely freaked out about this and hired a priest to go and bless her house. <laughs> I was there during the blessing and nothing really happened. Things didn't start falling off the shelf. No, no hell broke loose. But st- Sam still remained after the blessing. It's not like she's a demon or anything. The priest said that Sam is a man that can turn into a girl. I don't know. That seems poltergeisty to me. Yeah, that's why I was like, and I'm now I'm now I pause because we don't like that. Yeah, I thought it was uh, like a cute little Victorian girl who was like, I've never like, had a hey, boy to have a crush friends. on. This yeah. is great. Now I'm like, oh, this is a poltergeist that's just screwing with everybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. No, but but Mike is like, I kind of doubt that, but you never really know. I've heard that ghosts can change shapes and forms and everything. They can even change the way you feel around them. Even if Sam is a guy or a girl, I still accept the ghost for who he is or she is. That's amazing. After all, kid. Sam is the one who stays up with me all night whenever I feel lonesome or scared. 
watched over me whenever I slept, and held and comforted me whenever I cried. As days went by, I noticed something really strange happened. Instead of seeing dark shadows at the corner of my eyes, I would see white figures. This made me really curious, and I researched it. They say that a white figure represents guardians. Could Sam have changed from black to white? I used to see dark shadows from the corner of my eye, but now it's become a white shadow. Aww. I, I don't know if it's positive or possible for a dark shadow ghost who feeds off neg- negative energy to become white shadow. However, I like to assume. Last year's Christmas, I remember making Sam a present. It was a bit difficult to keep from her, but I managed. That, that there is was an a basket inside. What, how do you give a present to a ghost? I guess you exactly. need to wrap it outside the house. Yeah. <laughs> there was a basket. Inside the basket was a teddy bear tucked in by a small blanket. I drew a picture of Sam and put it behind the bear. Between the bear is a fake flower. I also laid a Nerf sword on the basket. I like that. Nice. I'd want a Nerf yeah. sword. Yeah. <laughs> when I presented my gift to her on Christmas, I told her that all the items in the basket have a meaning. The bear represented me, and the blanket that tucked the bear in represents the warm and pleasant feeling whenever I'm around her. The picture of her represents her, and the flower represents how cute she is. She is indeed still the cutest girl I've ever met. The sword represents her guardian over me. I was actually quite pleased of how the presentation turned out. (laughs) I was staring at the gift until I felt something soft and cool pressed against my forehead. I did look, and I looked up, and I felt my face immediately going red. Holy crap, did she kiss me? Okay. So I remember I stayed home with Sam on April 3rd this year and watched tons of movies like Rambo 4 with her. Before 12 at midnight, making the date April 4th, I talked to Sam in the dark and told her how much she meant to me. I really went deep into the conversation and remember how Sam gives off the soft, cool air when I'm next to her. Well, during the conversation, she gave off a really cold feeling. It felt as if I was outside at night. It never even gets that cold in my room. Never, never that happens. I'm guessing it's special when Sam gives off stronger air or when it gets colder. Over the years of spending time with Sam, I realized something. When people die, they either cross over or stay as a ghost. Those who remain as ghosts spend their time tied to the earth for many years. Some ghosts wish to never be bothered, but for others, it might be really lonesome with nobody to talk to for all those years. Some, like Sam, are trapped inside properties. Ghosts would try to find a way to interact with people, but it'd be hard for them since we become terrified and quickly assume that they're trying to harm us. A lot of time, ghosts would give up and accept being lonesome. Ghosts, I figured, are entities that are not meant to be feared, but to be understood, just like all the other elements in life. I'm everlasting grateful that I met Sam. She hasn't said a word to me, but has taught me valuable lessons. She is indeed the greatest friend I could ever ask for. I will enjoy these last years of Sam before I move or head out to college. I will come back to visit as much as I can when I'm gone. Maybe even after my last breath, I can spend the rest of eternity here with her. Sam seems to agree with all of this. Thank you for reading my story, (laughs) our story. (laughs) So there's certainly some vibes of, like, the the puberty, like, he's got, she's cute and that sort of thing. But overall, I feel like... Definitely, Sam was in his in, in Mike's mind to be a really great friend, and that's so cool. That's nice. I like. See, that's what I wanted. Just yeah. wanted some like ghost friend stories, you know. And can I say when I was also looking, this is just right quick, but I found a book on Amazon 
how to make friends with a ghost that was created in 2017. And it looks like a children's book, and it's by Rebecca Green. It says, what do you do when you meet a ghost? One, provide the ghost with some of its favorite snacks, like mud tarts and earwax truffles. (laughs) Two, tell your ghost bedtime stories. Ghosts love to be read, too. Sure. Three, make sure no one mistakes your ghost for whipped cream or a marshmallow when you aren't looking. If you follow these few simple steps and the rest of the essential tips and how to make friends with the ghost, you'll see how a ghost friend will lovingly grow up and grow old with you. And I thought that was really cute. So I wanted to give like a little shout out to that book. And I like want to buy it for my nephew. While we're on the topic of making friends, that's how you make friends with a ghost. Yes. I found an article from otherworldlyoracle.com about seven ways to make new witch friends without joining a coven. (laughs) This is extremely my shit. I was like, absolutely, I'm clicking on this. So Let's do it. (laughs) Per the Otherworldly Oracle, or OWO, as I refer to them in my notes, most modern witches are solitary witches, meaning they practice the craft alone and not in, like, a coven space. But if you're an extroverted witch looking to connect with some people over your shared interests without committing to ending your solo practice. So, like, you don't want to commit to only practicing in a coven, but you do want to have some friends that you can, like, talk about witch shit with. These (laughs) are those tips to find your new witch friends. Let's do it. Tips. We're both doing a dance. It's great. Everyone loves it. (laughs) (laughs) Tip number one, attend a metaphysical workshop. I saw this tip and I was like, that sounds challenging. (laughs) (laughs) But in non-COVID times, you should be able to find a local metaphysical shop that hosts workshops or classes. Common topics Mm -hmm. include Reiki, crystals, tarot, and meditation. So I was like, oh, so it's not, like, that difficult to find. Like, I could probably find a Reiki class, you know. Yeah, in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, my... The place where I get a lot of my tea, All Things Divine, has a lot of those things. Yeah. So if you wanted to make witch friends, you could go there. You can also yeah. sometimes find courses on candle magic and other Wicca-specific topics. So those obviously gotcha. would be a great place to make a new witch friend. Yes. <laughs> the Otherworldly Oracle recommends seeking out botanicas, which are usually, they're usually Hispanic shops that are associated with spiritual practices like Santeria and Espiritismo. So just kind of okay. like... You know, from Latin America, South America, and Spain, kind Mm -hmm. of spiritual practices, hoodoo shops, or other witch shops in general to see what courses are on offer. So they should have the classes. So obviously, you go to a class, everybody who's at the class is interested in that shit. Boom, friends, friends, friends. All you need to do is find like one connection to build a friendship and you're well on your way. Yep. All right, tip number two find a drum circle. I know there is a huge drum circle in D.C. that, at least in the before times, was held every Saturday in Meridian Hill Park in Adams Morgan, which isn't that close to where I live. But, like, I could get there if I wanted to. Did you just call before times? Yes. Pre-pandemic? Yes. I always (laughs) refer to them as the before times. (laughs) It just, like, clicked with me. Okay, I'm good. The before times. So I don't know if they're still doing, because it is outdoors, so they could mask yeah. up and be relatively safe, but I don't know if it's still ongoing. But, but it's cold, so maybe yeah. that well, comes with spring. Even in the cold, they do it. Like, if you ever find yourself in D.C., because you can travel again, and you find yourself near Meridian Hill Park on a Saturday, go check out this drum circle. It's huge. Sometimes it's a little smaller, because not everybody shows up. There's people who show up week after week. Sometimes people yeah. bring other instruments. Like, it's just this massive drum circle. So... In the words of the OWO, drum circles Mm -hmm. are a, quote, super hippy-dippy thing to do. I will not (laughs) argue with this. It's true. 
But a lot of people open to said hippy-dippiness are also interested in magic and spirituality. So even if you don't meet any fellow witches at your drum circle, you can still make some friends and enjoy some rhythm. Yes. Which is always fun. Tip number three, particularly important during the COVID times, make online witch friends. Yes. The OWO, writing in a pre-pandemic world, points out that a lot of people have this hesitancy with meeting people online, but many online witchy groups exist. So you can find one that shares your interests and your kind of personality, and you can just find people who will gel with you generally. Yeah. Of course, if you're going to meet any of your new witch friends in person in non-quarantine times, be sure to meet them in a public place. Consider taking along another friend and absolutely tell someone where you are going, who you will be meeting, and when you can be expected back. Making new friends should not be an invitation to be murdered. Yeah, safety first. Safety first, even when we're making friends, particularly witch friends. Yes. Tip number four, put yourself out there. (laughs) The Otherworldly Oracle recommends stepping outside your comfort zone even a little bit to talk about magic and spirituality with those you meet. If you don't, how will they know if they share your interests? Like, if you never talk about it, they're not going to know. Yeah. One easy way to find someone who might be interested would be to keep an eye out for anyone interested in or open to talking about astrology. You can then test Mm -hmm. the waters to see if they are into more out there practices and see if they share your witchy interests. I mean, that that seems pretty on point like that to the put yourself out there is always so like general, like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. Let's let's be vague. But I mean, in some ways, okay, fine, they're right. Yeah. (laughs) In this particular instance, it's like, I won't know that you are also interested in witch shit unless I talk about witch shit. Yeah. Like, if I'm like, I love doing tarot, that's how you learn that I love doing tarot, you know? Yeah, and it also could just be, like, trying new things, getting out of the comfort zone can then lead to other connections. Yeah, Yeah, you go to your tarot class, that's outside of your comfort zone, whatever. Yeah. Tip number five, attend events with witch vibes. Obviously, this is a tip from the before with witch times. witch vibes? But yes, I love it. Like, it's like that feel witchy. So, suggestions include a concert or a music festival, particularly those that have a hippie feel. Oh, COVID. I know. But, like, you know, someday. One or of these if days. if you have art conventions, psychic fairs. I've never heard of a psychic fair. If you've ever been to a psychic fair or heard of one, email spoopower@gmail.com because I have questions. <laughs> but also Renaissance festivals or Celtic celebrations, both of which make sense. Or even yeah. yoga classes can be great ways to meet people who are open to spiritualism or witchcraft. Or mm-hmm. even people who are already practicing. Because usually, like, my understanding of Renaissance fairs is there will be people who do, like, tarot readings or, like, yeah. you know, read tea leaves or whatever. So that would be a great way to get out there and meet some people. Yeah. If not, you can still make a regular friend who likes to do cool stuff, which is great. Yeah. So Like, anytime you can, again, anytime you can find someone doing something that you're into, it's a great way to build relationship together yeah. and, you know, uh, yeah. And, and, like, we have to even be more creative now because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Tip number six, new witch friend spells. <laughs> cool. But- I put in my notes, look, what's the point of being a witch if you aren't going to use your abilities to at least give your intentions a gentle nudge? <laughs> the, Are there any actual spells that they gave you? Because I'm here for this. So the Otherworldly Oracle recommends trying candle magic or spell bags to put your intent to make new witch friends into the universe. Candle magic is quick and can be done at home. I don't know the specifics of it because the Otherworldly Oracle didn't go into it, but I imagine there are instructions online for, like, here's how to do a candle magic to attract new friends. Yeah, gotcha. 
Spell bags increase their spiritual power if you carry them with you while attending events. See tips number one, two, and five. So if you're yeah. going to a Renaissance fair, you put together a spell bag to attract witchy friends to you, and it kind of tells mm-hmm. the universe, I'm interested in this, and it attracts those, like, good vibes, and then the other witches will seek you out. Yeah. This. Yep. Be sure when putting together your spell bag or doing your candle magic that you are clear with your intention that you want to make a new witch friend who will be a long-term friend and who is true and authentic. So you yes. set the intention. And it's, it's kind of like the secret, I think, but like with witchcraft, yeah. where it's yeah. like, my intention is I will make a good friend who is also into witchcraft. You're manifesting. <laughs> exactly. Like, put it out in the world. Yeah. With a spell bag or a candle. Yes. And finally, tip number seven. Just ask around. If you've tried everything on this list but still are left with just non-witch friends, ask them if they know anyone who has similar interests to you. You might yeah. be surprised at how many turn up when you just ask. Plus, as the otherworldly oracle points out, you don't have to do as much anti-murderer prep when it's someone your current friend already knows. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, you should meet my friend Sydney. Sydney loves that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like, you get the friend connection. But I yeah. also think one of the things now that I... Th- that would be helpful if you're into things that... And so oh, there's a lot of subcultures. There's lots of things and, and interests that people have. And there is a Facebook group for everything. Yep. Now, Zuck, I'm not, you know, it's he kind of reminds me in some ways of J.K. Rowling. Like, don't like you, but thanks for allowing me to have a community. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like, like you kind of yeah. suck and your platform kind of sucks, but like there are good things. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. And so I would look into finding some of the those Facebook groups online because yeah. I think that's a great way to build. It's almost like that physical dif- dis- distance is, is, doesn't matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's more like we're dealing with social distance, and so we have to think about ways and be creative yeah. in how we do those things. And I just think that a lot of times, especially if it's a really good group, on Facebook, if it's, like, moderated well and that sort of thing and people are just follow the rules and stuff, it can be really cool. You might find some crappy groups and you start... It's like kissing a lot of frogs, yeah. right, to you gotta, find the... You gotta kiss a lot of frog groups before you find your witch group. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I love it. I love friendship. I love Wicca friendships. Like, find your witchy friends. Like, Let's amen. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I have... Uh, a little, just a quick story Love here it. that I think is a good way to wrap things up. This is just a good reminder that being kind is free. And because it's free, sprinkle it everywhere like it's confetti. Yep. Okay. So there's an article. I hate the name of this webpage, though. I'm not going to lie. It's called Ranker.com. Ah, Ranker. (laughs) So this one is written by Laura Allen, and it's from September 2019. And so it is a gathering of 12 stories of ghosts that were friendly. And so I wanted to share one that I thought was especially fun. Okay. It also happens to be the first one, which isn't. I'm not lazy here. I just. (laughs) This was the best one. No, like, it's we the here one at Spoop I thought Hour, was cute. We here at Spoop Hour are pro laziness, so you never have to apologize for okay, laziness perfect. here. <laughs> well, I picked it because it was the first one. No, just kidding. <laughs> like, there was one about a lady that became a ghost to flirt, and then there's other ones sure. about riches and, like, a, a friendly nurse ghost. Sure. And, like, you know, there's a guy who will save you from a hurricane. I, we covered um, that guy, the gray ghost, yeah. in so, our 69th episode. 
so yeah, good. Yeah, like so. But this one is a friendly butler. Aww. <laughs> okay. So, the manor house in Cold Ashton has stood empty for decades. But it wasn't always this way. The house was once grand, was full of wealthy tenants and competent staff. I don't know why uh, all of a sudden I want to watch Downton Abbey again, but I here mean, we are. If we're talking butlers, who better yeah, to bottle? That's ex- immediately, I'm, like, hearing the music in my head and, like, the little, like, ringing the bells down into, like, the... The staff quarters. Okay. So, in fact, some believe that there are a few spirits who still call the manor home. There are stories of stories of motorists who, lost in the area, have stopped near the friendly-looking house to ask for directions. Upon knocking on the front door, a butler answers and will assist them with figuring out which way to go. The odd thing here is not only that no one lives in the house especially not a kindly butler, but also that the house will appear fixed up and in use when it is first approached. Yes. Only later, if you return, will you find the house in shambles as it is truly, or as it is, truly is today. I so that's this little blurb it. about it. But I just love, like, there's, like, this guy that's like, can I help people get to the places they're going? Like, how many times do you just need... A little bit of assistance. You just and need somebody like, to be like, oh, you turned right, you should have turned left. So you just need exactly. to go back two blocks, turn left, you'll be fine. Exactly. Or like, I mean, they welcome you with this beautiful house, even though it's in shambles. Right. They're like, come on in. Well, because he doesn't want you to be scared. Because like, if you he need directions, you you're not going to go in the creepy shambles house. You're going to go in the nice no. manor house. And it could turn totally into the movie Clue, and you could be For part sure. of a murder plot. But, but, like, in a fun way. So, like, it's all pros, no cons. I just loved it. It was, like, this this friendly butler that's like, I'm just going to ghost around and help people. And, like, like, is it just an area where people get lost? Or is it because of his ghostly ways and this is how he makes friends? Going back to Mike's entry about Sam, that being a ghost is lonesome. Yeah. And so they either choose to be good or they choose to be bad. And I like these friendly ghosts. I say flirt with people. I say give people directions. Save them from hurricanes. If you're gonna That's the kind of ghost I wanna be. Truly. If you're gonna haunt someone, like again, it costs zero dollars to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So like just be cool. So that's another episode of Spoop Hour. Elisa, thank you so much for doing an incredible job filling in for Sasha. So, as always, I, having you on as a ghost is a pleasure and a privilege. I especially like the part, which will probably not make it into the edited version of this episode, <laughs> when I was doing the Sasha joke part. Oh, she it's going to be the blooper at the end. <laughs> They'll hear it in a second. <laughs> hey, Elisa! Hey, Sasha! That's not your name. <laughs> I'm not talking to Sasha. I am stepping in for Sasha. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself. You should be. <laughs> you I, method acted through it. It was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always great fun to talk to you and, and to Sasha, of course, and having you on my pods. And as always, it's such a good time to talk about friendship. So if you like friendship and you like Sasha and Courtney, come check out many of their episodes from Best Forever. Truly. And, and if you can handle true crime, they're on that one as well. <laughs> It's just less fun and friendly. It's more like true crimey, in which case check out fatalities. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself. If you take away one thing, we're sprinkling kindness like (laughs) confetti in the year 2021. Be nice. Make friends. Be nice to ghosts. Be nice as a ghost. And like 
figure out if the Golden Girls are haunting Betty White. Like, I swear to God, <laughs> email spoopower at gmail.com. We need to know. It's a must. Hey, Elisa. Hey. <laughs> what's that? Hey, Did you Sasha? want to say, hey, Sasha? She's not here. <laughs> what's that? Hey, Sasha. I'm so sorry. It's almost like I can see her. I can, I can feel her presence. Is that the ghost we're talking about today? Is Sasha's? <laughs> yes, it's Sasha's. That's the real Sasha. It is. <laughs> sorry. All right. No, that's okay. This happens all the time.